Let's just say, you were on the game show, let's make a deal. And you chose the right door. And you won a trip to London. You get to London and you have got different options before you in discovering the city. You could walk around, right? On your own, and you'd see a little this, a little that. You could get a map, and you would see more. You could get one of those AAA tour guidebooks. You know what I'm talking about? You would find all the great destinations to eat at and other great destinations to see. Or you could get a personal guide. There is no doubt that the best way to discover a city is through a personal guide. Now, unfortunately, or I should say, and this is true for life. Some people will drift through life. Some people will get a map. Some people will get a guidebook. Some people will get a personal guide. And depending on which one of those you choose will determine how effective, how meaningful, how fulfilling, how significant your life will be. Unfortunately, a lot of people drift through life without a map, without a guidebook, and without a, a guide. There are some who will choose a, a, a map and they will choose maybe the celebrity map and fashion their life after that. Others might choose a political map or a media map, or they might choose a map just for themselves. But here's the deal. God has given both a guidebook, the Bible, and he's given a guide. We're in a series called Let's Make a Deal, and we're looking at the different choices that you and I can choose Last week, we took a look at the first choice, and that is choosing the right values, because values is a foundation in your life and in my life. And if you choose the right foundation, guess what? You're going to succeed. If you choose the wrong value system and build on the wrong foundation, you will fail. This week, we're going to take a look at the second choice. And that is choosing the right guide for your life. Now, just like there are a lot of maps that the world offers, so there are a lot of guides that the world offers. You can choose a radio talk show guide. You can choose a TV talk show guide. You can choose your friend, your spouse. Folks, there's a lot of guides that are out there. But God has provided not just a guidebook called the Bible, but he has provided a personal guide called the Holy Spirit. That spirit that he has given you helps you to get to where you need to go. The, the destiny that he has for you. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Why in the world did Jesus have to leave? Why did he have to go back to heaven? Why did Jesus say, you know what, it's better for me to go back to the Father? Why did he say that? So that 
he could send you his personal guide, the helper, the advocate, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Isn't that great? And yet we sit here and we go, so? How is the Holy Spirit better than Jesus? Because he is your personal guide. Take a look at John 16, 7 and 13. It's actually best for you that I go away because if I don't, the helper won't come to you. Will you circle? Or you, I don't know if you can circle. It might be on the screen. To you, personal. But if I do go away, he will come because I will send him to you, personal. And when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will tell you what is yet to come. Folks, the Holy Spirit is better than Jesus because when Jesus was on earth, he was in one place with one group of people. He couldn't be everywhere with everybody at that time. And yet the Holy Spirit can. He can be everywhere and with everybody. And this is a huge deal. That is why Jesus said, it's better that I, for me to go to the Father. Because going to the Father, I will be able to send my Spirit, the Holy Spirit, sometimes referred to as the Spirit of Christ. And my Spirit will live in you. Now, some people get confused about the Spirit because they've heard the Holy Ghost. George, which one is it? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it the Holy Ghost? It's both. It doesn't matter. When the first English translation was written, the King James Version, there was two different groups. There was 50 people in one group and 50 people in the other group, and they were looking at the Greek word pneuma, and one interpreted it spirit, and the other one interpreted it, it ghost. Now, when they interpreted it ghost, they're not talking about Casper the Friendly Ghost, right? And they're not talking about the Ghostbusters. They looked at this Greek word pneuma, and it literally means air or breath or spirit. And so I like to choose, I like the word Holy Spirit. And God sent this spirit after Jesus ascended to the Father to be our helper, to be our comforter, to be our guide, to get us to our future. Take a look at this verse out of John 14, 16, and 17. The Father will give you another helper who will be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it doesn't see or know him, but you know him because he lives with you and will be in you. He is your helper. He is the Holy Spirit. He is your spirit of truth that will be with you and will be in you. And I highly recommend that you choose the Holy Spirit as your personal guide in 2019 because you don't know what's coming your way. And God has a future for you, and you know it, and you want to get there. But you can't get there on your own. You and I need the Holy Spirit's guidance. Okay, PG, I'll go for that. How do I get it? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. 
by first looking at the ways that the Holy Spirit wants to help you. And we're going to do that. I'm going to whet your appetite for this subject matter. And then we're going to take a look at how he guides you. Folks, when you and I understand those two things, when we understand the ways that the Holy Spirit works in our life and guides us, and how he guides us, you're going to say, I want this. I really want this. So let's take a look at the first one. What are the ways that he wants to help? Number one, he will help you by knowing, by, by knowing what you need, by helping you to know what you need to know. This is the first thing. God sent the Holy Spirit to help you know what you need to know. There are things that you need to know to succeed. And if you don't know them, guess what? You will fail. It is essential information. Folks, there's a lot of stuff that you, that you need to know. And there's a lot of stuff that you don't need to know. Most of that stuff that you don't need to know is on TV. But there's a lot of stuff that you need to know. And that stuff that you need to know to succeed, to get you to God, God's preferred future for you, <clears throat> is the Holy Spirit's role of revealing it to you, of teaching you. He teaches you truth. He gives you information. He gives you insights. Now, here is the cool thing. He, not he will not just teach you what you need to know. He will teach you what you need to know in the moment. The Holy Spirit actually will bring to your mind the things that you need to know in the very moment that you need them. Have you ever been in a situation? I have. God, I'm struggling. What do I do? A, B, C, D. What, what's going on? I open God's word. I start reading it, and I've read it maybe a, a thousand times. You have too. And all of a sudden, there's this verse that just seems like the words are lifted off the page. And you're going, that's it. He will help you to know what you need to know in the moment you need to know it. He will help you to, to know what you need to know even in advance. And sometimes that information comes through a book or a song like we just sang, or an article, but he will give you what you need to know, that truth, in advance to get you to where he wants you to go. Now sometimes God does this, not just for you, but folks, he does it through you for other people's benefit. I am a leader, leaders are readers, I read constantly, okay? And I have people send me books. George, will you read this book and tell me what you think? I have a stack of books on my desk. Some of them have been there for months, okay? And not too long ago, I'd say maybe about a month ago, I was saying, I need to read another book. Okay, which one am I going to read? And God started prompting me just to re read this book. And I looked at the book and said, I don't want to read that book. I mean, it has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now, okay? Or even what I'm thinking about doing. I, I don't want to read that book. And a few days went by and God just said, George, you need to read this book. Okay, so I read it. After I read it, my wife informed me of a missionary who was coming in from Ukraine whose husband died of a heart attack. I married them. George, Mindy's coming in town. She wants to talk with you. She just lost her husband six months ago. I said, great. So she comes up, and we're sitting down, and we're talking. And I start talking to her about the book that I just finished and she looked at me with wide eyes and says, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Now, you may sit here and you may think that that is coincidence. You may think 
This person who gave me that book, who that sat on my desk, who knows for how long, maybe months, and the Holy Spirit prompted me to read this book that I really wasn't interested in. And my old friend shows up about two weeks after I read that book, and I'm talking with her about this, and it meets the very need that she has in her life. You may think that that is coincidence. I do not. The Holy Spirit will lead our lives. Take a look at John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all truth. He's going to lead you to truth. And you need truth to succeed. If you don't get it, you'll fail. Now, when God tells you something, when he tells you truth, guess what that's called? That's called revelation. God's complete revelation is the Bible. But when God gives you a little thought, when he gives you a little insight, when you go, you know what, I've never thought of that before. That is revelation. There was a guy, and I bring this up because we just got done with Christmas and it's relevant. There is this guy named Simeon in the Bible. It is around the Christmas story that the Holy Spirit revealed something to him that made a huge difference in his life. Look at this verse in verse Luke 2, 26. It had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit. Stop right there. Let me give you the backdrop. Simeon was told that he was going to see the Messiah before he died. Just hold that. Get this point. The Holy Spirit wants you to know what you need to know to grab your future. Point number two. If I listen to the Holy Spirit's nudgings, he will help me to get where I need to go. There are some places you need to get to in life, and there is no way that you're going to get there on your own. God has planted a dream in your heart. He has given you a vision for your life. And the Holy Spirit will guide you to those places that God wants you to be at in order for that dream to be fulfilled. He will open doors of opportunity. In fact, the Bible says there are doors that are open that nobody will be able to close. And there are closed doors that nobody will ever be able to open. And so you need the Holy Spirit to guide you to those open doors. And they may be in regards to your career. It may be in regards to your relationships and your kids. It may be in regards to who you're going to marry. But you need the Holy Spirit's guidance in your life to get you where you need to go. If you don't let him guide you, you're going to make lots of mistakes in your life. Now let's go back to the story of Simeon. In Luke 2, 27, it says, the Spirit led Simeon to go to the temple. And when he got to the temple, lo and behold, who does he see? Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. Simeon was the one who dedicated Jesus to God the Father. And if he hadn't been sensitive to the Spirit's nudgings in his life, he very well could have missed it. Let me give you another example. In the early church, there was this group of deacons, the first one, a group of deacons. And one of the first group, one of the first deacons was a guy named Philip. 
Take a look at Acts 8, 29. Then the Spirit told Philip, go catch a ride with that chariot. Let me give you the backdrop of this story. Philip is walking down a dusty road. He sees a chariot coming. The Holy Spirit nudges him, prompts him, says, you need to catch a ride with that Uh, with that chariot right there. And so he does. He waves him down and he jumps on. And lo and behold, there is the driver and then there is this black African from Ethiopia. He is a Ethiopian leader. And he he happens to be going through the book of Isaiah and he's at Isaiah chapter 53, which is a messianic chapter about Jesus. And he tells Philip, I don't understand this. You're a Jew. Can you explain it? And he does. And he leads this Ethiopian to Christ. Philip then baptizes them. And after the baptism, Philip goes off in one direction. And this Ethiopian leader goes back to Ethiopia to take Christianity to Africa. And the oldest Christian churches in Africa, guess where they're at? Ethiopia. Why? Because somebody listened to the Holy Spirit. Philip, catch that chariot. Now you've heard me say this before. Nobody in this room creates waves. God is the one that creates waves in the world. It is our job to identify them and catch them or ride them. And if you listen to the Holy Spirit, he will help you catch the waves that he is creating to get you to where you need to go. He will help show you what you need to know. He will help get you to where you need to go. Number three, he will help you say the right things. Now this is extremely important because wouldn't you agree that 98% of our success of really uh, uh, grabbing onto our preferred future is, revolves around relationships? It does, doesn't it? Right? So, in relationships, we need to say the right things. If we don't say the right things, guess what happens? Conflict occurs. And if you're listening just to yourself, guess what? You're gonna say something stupid. I know. I've done a lot of times, okay? On the other hand, when I've listened to the Holy Spirit, especially when I'm in, when this conflict is with my wife, he tells me and he has taught me what to say. Yes, dear. Yes, yes, dear. I've avoided all kinds of conflicts just with those few words, right? Take a look at Mark 12, 36. The Holy Spirit led David to what? To say, He not only tells you what you need to know and where you need to go, but he tells you what you need to say. This is what a guide does. Now, this happens to you a whole lot more than you even realize. I mean, how many times have you been in maybe some conversation with somebody, not thinking about this thought, and all of a sudden this thought or idea goes through your mind? You didn't know where it came from, but it it just came. And you shared that thought with the person that you were talking to and their eyes went, that's exactly what I needed to hear. You see, you didn't realize that was the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another example. How many times have you been 
at church. And after the service is over, you're walking out and you're talking to someone. He says, you know, I felt like Pastor George was talking right to me. Has that ever happened to you? Is he a mouse in my house? Did he open my mail? Is he Alexa? Is he Google? No. Folks, I'm not that smart. I am not that effective. It is the Holy Spirit. When I get ready for a series, I say, God, you know the needs of our people within the walls. You know the, the, the needs of our community. God, speak to me. I'm your servant. I'm listening. Direct me, God. Help me to understand what you want me to say. And that has happened to me more times than I can count. And folks, it can happen to you too. The fourth thing, if I listen to the Holy Spirit's nudgings in my life, he will help me wait for God's perfect timing. Now this is extremely important. As it is said, timing is everything. I'm done with football. I didn't even think the boys would get this far, right? I wrote this message about eight weeks ago. So I'm thinking baseball. Charlie, I'm on your page, right? Baseball pitchers throw the exact same size of ball on the exact same size of mound at the exact same distance from the batter. And the difference between a Hall of Fame pitcher and a professional pitcher is timing. Now, I'm not good at this because personally, I'm AAA. I want everything done yesterday. And when I get an idea... We're going to execute this thing tomorrow, right? Like in the way of my jokes. Timing is everything. I'm not very good at that. It can make or break a joke. It can make or break an idea. It can make or break a project. Maybe God has put a dream on your heart, and you already are launched out like a bull in a china closet, and man, there's failure. What's going on? Let me give you this. This is free. Write these down. There's three parts to a dream or a vision. I don't care whether it's your business or your marriage or your family or whatever. The first is this. God tells you what he wants to do in you and through you. And a lot of times after we hear that, guess what? We launch out and we do it. No, 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 no. You gotta wait for part two. And part two is how he wants it done. God's work done God's way will not lack God's resources. God says, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And so you've got to wait for the how, but then you have to wait for the when. And that's the important part, timing. Now here's the deal. You and I can't know the right timing on everything. Wouldn't you agree? But God does. He sees the end from the beginning. In fact, in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says there is a right time for everything. Now, here's the deal. If you're waiting, or if there has been delay in, in, in the dream that God has placed in your heart, here's the deal. Don't freak out. Don't be frustrated. If God gives you a dream, 
and you freak out, it just means that you're not trusting God, that you're not trusting God in his timing. And he has a perfect timing for everything. When the Holy Spirit is guiding you and there is delays, don't be bothered by it. Rather, continue to place your confidence in the Lord. Take a look at Galatians 5.5. 5. We are led by the Spirit to wait in the confident hope of righteousness through faith. Let me ask you, what are you waiting for? Or what are you, better yet, what are you waiting on? That person to come around? Here's another question. While you're waiting on them or waiting for something, are you talking to the Holy Spirit about it? God, I need your help. God, what's going on? God, open my eyes to things that I don't see. God, work in me. Slow me down. I don't want to be in a hurry. Those who believe in the Lord are never in a hurry. Isaiah 26. So he helps you to know, to go, to say, to wait. The fifth thing the Holy Spirit does is he helps you resist things that you can't resist. And folks, I like this one. If I let the Holy Spirit guide me, he will help me to resist things that generally I cave in on. I'm talking about temptation here. Take a look at Galatians 5, 17 and 18. The desires of self Indulgence are always in opposition to the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are in opposition to your self-indulgence. This is how you are prevented from doing the things that you want to. But when you are led by the Spirit, you are not in bondage to the law. What's he saying here? He is saying that the Holy Spirit's power is far greater than willpower. The stuff that you and I say, boy, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't acted that way. Why am I so impulsive? Why am I so insecure? Why do I have such a short fuse? Folks, this is the big advantage for our care classes at LifePoint. They are not based on willpower. They're not self-help type things. No, they're based on God's spirit. I was encouraged this morning as we've started classes and they started now and they're gonna be starting over the next few weeks, but we had about a half a dozen people in our Daniels plan who are wanting to get healthy for, so that they live longer to do God's will. And guess how they will become successful in that? Not through willpower, but through biblical community and God's power. Take a look at Galatians 5, 6. If you are guided by the Spirit, you won't fulfill the selfish desires of your sinful nature. God's power over willpower. Now notice here that he doesn't say that you won't have evil desires. You will. It just says that you won't fulfill those selfish desires. That's important. Whatever area yours may be, I call it your partner in crime, okay? Or your poison, drug, sex, and rock and roll. It doesn't say that you won't be tempted. In fact, the older that you are in the Lord, the greater, I believe, the temptation will be. Yes, God loves you and he's got a wonderful plan for your life, but the devil hates you. 
And the older you are in the Lord and the more you get focused on the purpose-driven life that he has for you, and that's step one that we're offering to help you. Step two comes after that the next week. Step three, step four. The closer you get to that, the more the devil likes to raise his ugly head because he wants to still kill and destroy your life. And truly, he knows that the easiest way to get to God the Father is through his kids. And so you will be tempted. But if you choose to walk in the Spirit, yes, you might be attracted to sin, but attraction isn't action. And you'll be able to say, you know what? I'm not going down that road. So I am able to resist the things that I can't normally resist. The sixth benefit. If I listen to the Holy Spirit, he will help me avoid dangers and mistakes. Part of the Holy Spirit's role is to protect you. And one of the ways that he protects you is by warning you or by cautioning you. The Holy Spirit doesn't just always whisper sweet nothings in your ear. You're good. You're great. Let's go celebrate. Yay, yay, yay. You're just so awesome. Yes, he does do that. He does encourage you. But sometimes he says this. Don't you even think about that. He warns you. He cautions you. Don't go down that road. Because if you do, it will be a disaster. So if you want to avoid mistakes and dangers, you listen to the Holy Spirit's nudgings. And the less you listen to them, the more mistakes you're going to make. The more you listen to them, the fewer mistakes you're going to make. Now I want you to write this down. I am most likely to hear the Holy Spirit when I am relaxed. I am most likely to hear what God has to say to get me to my preferred future that he wants to do in me and through me is I am relaxed. If there is an element of fear in your life that results in nervousness, that results in anxiety, that results in tension, that results in anger, you are less likely to hear the Holy Spirit. Well then, Pastor George, in those times of my life, how do I know it's me talking to me and not the Holy Spirit? Or how do I know it's the Holy Spirit and not me? Or what you, is what you are hearing, is it based on faith or is it based on fear? God, it says in 2 Timothy, that he's not given us a spirit of timidity or fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. And the more we are relaxed, the more we're going to hear the nudgings and the promptings of God for our life. All right. How does the Holy Spirit guide me then? Well, there are lots of ways, but let me give you the three top ways. The first one is this, by revealing the meaning of what he has said. If the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he is, he will use the Bible because the Bible is truth. If you want to know God's will for your life, you must know God's word. That is why we're offering all kinds of theology classes that you need to sign up for, okay? 
Because God's will is found in God's word. You need to sign up for the step classes. You will discover God's purpose for your life. I guarantee it, okay? At least get you on that road through step one, two, three, and four. God's will is found in God's word. So what I'm saying is this. Stop looking for a sign and start getting in to the scriptures. You have, if you are a follower of Christ, you have the spirit of God in you and you can discern God's will for your life. If you don't have the spirit, well, guess what? You can't. Take a look at Colossians 2.14. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But if you do have the spirit of Christ in you, John 15, 26, the helper will come, the spirit who reveals the truth. As a Christian, God has not just given you a guidebook. He has given you a guide. The second way, the Holy Spirit gives guides you is by reminding you of what he has said. I think at this point, I think of my admin and I think of my wife. They're always reminding me of what I've said, okay? And I need that, okay? The Holy Spirit's role is to be a reminder. Take a look at John 14, 26. The helper will teach you everything and will cause you to remember all that I told you. This helper is the Holy Spirit. Will you circle the phrase God or cause you to remember. He is saying that if you have put it in your mind by listening to it, by reading it, by memorizing, by meditating on it, by practicing it, if you've forgotten it, he is better than Google. That's what he's saying. He will remind you of it. I mean, think about this. The disciples, when they were with Jesus on the Sermon of the Mount, the greatest sermon that was ever written, even to this day, did not have paper and pen in hand. Oh, great point, Jesus. Wow, look at this. What's your notes say? Right? No, not at all. And yet they remembered it. My guess is you can't even remember last week's message that I gave. I doubt if you can even write it out, okay? I, I know I couldn't, okay? How did these guys do this? Take a look at what Peter says, 2 Peter 1.20. You need to know that nothing in Scripture was just thought up by the prophets themselves. It was the Holy Spirit who directed them and reminded them of these true words from God. So he helps you to remember. And then the third thing that he does in guiding you is by giving you nudges and confirmations, uh, mental impressions and a mental impression is an internal sense that you know it is a sense that you know that you know that you know because the holy spirit has said this is truth and you know it now these things that i've mentioned it's hard to recognize the holy spirit's promptings in your life but the longer you walk with the lord the more you will get in tune with his voice. It's just like a little baby. When it first enters into the world, it doesn't know mom and dad's voice at all. Hey, little Johnny, 
doing it? What's that going on, you know? But as it gets older, it knows mom and dad's voice. The same is true for you and I. We are the children of God. If we indeed have the spirit of God in us, and if indeed we have, like last week, opened the door, as Jesus says, I am the door. And you can't get to the Father unless it's through me, so open it. But if you have it, you are a child of God. Take a look at Romans 8, 16. God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. I am not who I am, who I say I am. I am not who you say I am. I am who God says I am. And God says, you're one of my kids. You have Jesus in your life. You've got the Holy Spirit with you and inside of you. And you can recognize my voice. And so I say this, when you recognize it, when you feel the Holy Spirit's promptings in your life, act on it. Call that person. Write that note. Offer that meal. Because the more you obey the nudgings of the Holy Spirit, the stronger they become. So, how do I let the Holy Spirit lead me? Let me give you some things as this year starts that you can do every day. In fact, you ought to do them every day, very quickly. Number one, pause and be quiet. Start your day by waking up Say, God, I know you got some great things that are going on, but I want to spend some time knowing you because life is about knowing you. Take a look at Psalms 37, 7. Be still and know that I am God. Isaiah 30, 15. In quietness and confidence will be your strength. Start by being quiet. Secondly, humbly ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Come to God and say, God, I got some issues in my life. <laughs> they were there yesterday and they're still here today. God, I need your help. Take a look at Psalms 25, 9. God guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Psalms 27, 11. Teach me, Lord, what you want me to do and lead me down the right path. And then as you do that, have a spirit say, God, whatever you say, I'm gonna do. Be willing to do what he says. John 7, 17. Whoever is willing to do what God wants and chooses it will know if what I teach comes from God. And then get into God's word. Fourth, take a look at Psalms 119. Your word is a lamp to guide me and a light for my path. Guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by any evil. And as you do that, expect God's guidance. That's the fifth thing, James 1.5. If you want to know what God really wants you to do, ask him. And he will gladly tell you, for he is always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. But be sure that you really expect him to tell you. If you don't ask him in faith, don't expect the Lord to give you any solid answers. And then lastly, wait for God's response. Don't be in a hurry. Job 33, God does speak. Sometimes one way and sometimes another, even though people may not understand it. And if you will wait to hear the nudgings of God's spirit. It will become clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer what God's will is for you. But it's your choice. You can choose to be your own guide 
And if you do, you're going to drift through life. You're going to be here, there, and everywhere else. Or you can choose to listen and have the guides of others or the world. And if you do, you will be hurt and disappointed. Or you can choose to open the door to the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I am the door in John 10, 7. He says, I'm the door to your future. The Spirit sometimes is described as the Spirit of Christ. And if you will open your life to the nudgings of the Holy Spirit, God will get you to your destiny. I guarantee it. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you just didn't leave us here as orphans to kind of figure this thing out ourselves. But you gave us a guidebook and you gave us a guide. And God, we want to be open. And we want to be sensitive and open to your Holy Spirit promptings in our life. Because we want to get to where you want us to go. And we want to do what you have called us to do. We want to be able to look back at the works of our hands and say, wow, God, life has been good. Hasn't been perfect. I'm not perfect. But God, it's been good. And it's been impactful. And it's lasting because I've been right smack dab in the center of your will. And God, for that to happen, I need you. I don't know where you're at. As you look at your life right now, it may be going to hell in a handbasket. And that's because you don't have Christ in your life. Today can be your day. Today you can open the door. Jesus says, I'm the door to your future. Will you just open your life to Christ and just admit, God, I humbly admit I've blown it. But I believe that you're the answer, that you came, you lived, yes, you died, but you resurrected to prove that what you said I could take to the bank. And so God, right now I'm committing myself to you. I'm opening the door, God. Come on in. And if you prayed that prayer in whatever words It doesn't matter. God heard you. Would you let me know? I'd love to send you some literature. You can just give me your name, email address, and I'll email you some things that'll help you on your journey. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit, for your leadings, for your promptings, for my life, for our life, for our church, God. We look forward to the future in faith because we know that you're a good God and yet you've got good plans. So we lift this up to you. May you be pleased. In Christ's name, amen.